You're listening to Sunny Side Up, a bite-sized podcast that brings you real-world insights that help go-to-market professionals evolve and stay up-to-date on the latest trends. Join us as we share best practices and proven techniques from industry experts and practitioners. Today's episode is made possible by Demand Matrix. Demand Matrix helps you complete your data stack with technographic, intent, and revenue potential data to help you accelerate revenue. Thanks for listening. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Sunny Side Up. I'm your host, Mithul Shah. Today, I'm super excited to talk to Ryan O'Neill on sales-focused marketing. Ryan is a marketer with 20 years of experience spanning from channel and film marketing to demand and digital marketing. Ryan is currently a head of global paid media and nurture for a multi-billion dollar company, global software company, and has held many marketing strategies, roles for small U.S. subsidiaries of international tech companies, as well as large enterprise software companies, including SAP. Ryan, super excited to talk to you. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. It's exciting for me as well. I look forward to it. So, Ryan, in in a pre-interview, we were having this conversation, and something that caught my eye. This was that was pretty unique, um, y- you know. And if I if I may use this, you know, word that you use or phrase that you use, you you call the sales focused marketing. That's a that's a first time I'm I heard that phrase when we were talking about it. Can you explain what sales focused marketing is and how is it different? than like your traditional demand gen. Yeah, it is. Um, you know, it's something I've been using, I guess, for some time, just in my own conversations um, over the years. But it really kind of it's marketing rooted in the the delivering value to the sales organization. And I know that may sound like, of course, marketing delivers value to the sales organization. But if you really if you're a marketer and you're really tightly, closely connected with the sales organization or sales reps or sales leaders, the conversation changes. Um, it changes from, let's say, volume, driving demand and volume to driving demand in specific places or with specific accounts or within within specific accounts within a buying group or something like that. And that really, that fundamentally can change your strategy. Um, there are aspects of brand and demand that play into sales-focused marketing, which I can talk to a little bit about as well. But the, the basic idea is it marketing needs to prepare leads or contacts for a conversation with sales. That is like the pre-MQL or the, the pre-sales kind of journey, if you will, that marketing supports. So it's really important to keep in mind that we our goal is to prepare those contacts for a conversation with sales. That's pre-MQL or pre pre-lead marketing, and then supporting the sales process and the overall experience. And now that software as a service, subscription models, those things are, are, are much more prevalent now than they were 10, 15 years ago, it's even more critical. Marketing has an even more critical role in not just the even pre-sale, but now post-sale adoption, renewals, those kinds of things. So sales-focused marketing is really putting that whole sale, the, the goal of sales in the forefront. And as a part of that, you really have to understand the customer needs and what the customer is trying to accomplish through their journey so you can support that full funnel. I will tell you that my, um, you know, in my experience, there's a couple of reasons why a marketer would spend some time really thinking about this and understanding how they might shift their their approach when they think about sales-focused marketing is 
the conversation that a marketer has with the sales team typically starts, or sales leader, I should say, typically starts with what can marketing contribute to my pipeline goal, right? So what does that contribution look like? If I'm driving a lot of, let's say, marketing priorities that are disconnected from sales, or, or maybe not, maybe disconnected is too strong of a word, maybe just not as aligned as they could be, then I leave a gap. I leave some space, some gray area in how much contribution I can actually apply through marketing to their sales pipeline. By using sales-focused marketing, you increase that contribution. That's my, been my experience. We've increased marketing, marketing's contribution to, to total pipeline in a number of places. You also, because of the alignment, you've increased your lead acceptance and lead, op, lead to opportunity conversion rate. So you know, every dollar of marketing needs to generate something. If the sales team is not confident or feeling like leads that are coming their way from marketing are not aligned to their sales goals or their priorities, they will be less inclined to accept them. So when you have that alignment, of course, you have a greater acceptance. And of, and because of that, because of the alignment and the fact that the leads that are being generated from marketing are actually being worked by sales, you naturally have an improvement in your marketing ROI. So those three things are going to be really important to keep in mind is like, how, how can I improve my, my overall contribution to pipeline, marketing's contribution to pipeline? How can I improve the lead acceptance and conversion rates? And what kind of impact can I make on, on ROI using a sales-focused sales focused marketing approach? What, 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 a, what a novel idea, you know, Ryan, here that, you know, marketers trying to understand their sales, sales guys and putting them in the sales shoes. <laughs> you know, it's, um, I've been very fortunate over my career to, to be really closely tied with sales, and it just has changed it is really shaped the way that I view um, marketing's value in the value chain. Um, so, is, yeah. is, is it because that you are coming from the sales world and hence you have a better understanding, appreciation, you know, forward and now as you're in, in marketing, you have this blend of both and you, you understand both both the worlds. Um, is that the main reason or, or, or like, you know, we have heard a lot about sales and marketing alignment and why it's important. And we still keep seeing the silos and disconnects, you know, I mean, it's, it's pretty prevalent. Uh, and, and I think this whole remote working environment and so forth that might even, I think it might just exaggerate the whole problem. But maybe if you can just step back and in, into the basics is why, it, I think you kind of double clicked on it a little bit, is why is it even important for a marketer to understand this whole sales focused marketing to be successful and uh, do they need to like understand sales? Do they need to come from a sales background to appreciate this? Don't know that they have to come from a sales background. I'll tell you, the way this developed for me was the first thing I had done, given the opportunity to really connect with sales as a marketing professional, the first thing I did was understand how I could add value to the work that was being done. I didn't want to come in over the top and say, I'm a marketing guy, I'm just going to do my marketing programs. I wanted to say exactly where do I add value to this whole value chain and, and um, really took a service, kind of a service approach to it. So how can I serve the sales organization? That's the start. What ultimately happened was as I served them better, I saw better results from my programs. And so you start put two to two together and you say, well, I came with the intention to add value and serve. What I got was better performance. Why did that happen? It happened because the sales team now is is in line. We are aligned in what we're doing. 
the leads that I'm generating for them, they're excited to take on. They're aligned to their priorities, so they're actually working them actively instead of maybe touching them every now and then to see if something pops up. That results in a whole lot better performance of my programs, and it feeds the engine. So then I go back to my leadership and say, look, at my programs are performing better. I We could invest more in this process, and then you get more investment, and it, it just builds. So that's really how it started for me. It was really to add value and, and provide some service. But what it ultimately ended up happening was uncovering this opportunity to make a, a big impact on bottom line. So, I mean, this is, you know, I mean, it's a, it's a great point, right? But marketing always, you know, maybe complaining is a strong word, but like we never get, you know, any, um, any, any value or we never get that endorsement coming from sales that, hey, these are my leads that generated your pipe. And that caused us, you know, whatever the the, the revenue bump, that uh, potentially or a quota bump or your quota achievement, you know, the goals that you had. And hence, I'm kind of sticking to what what how I've been uh, valued or how I've been, you know, gold on is number of MQL and SQL. I mean, MQL, and you take it and you run from it. And that just creates this classic friction, right? That hey, I'm I'm giving you something and you're not closing it, and the sales is complaining that hey, you know, the, the leads which you're giving me, it just does not convert. It's not it's not a great use of my time. So how do you prepare like a marketing organization or team for the sales uh, focused marketing? But there, there's this classic disconnect where people are just throwing something on the wall and hoping that it sticks. Yeah, it it, um, it really does come down to getting a seat at the table, and uh, you know it's sometimes that's easier said than done, right? So there is um, the important part is finding places where there are priorities that align, and I, I always say this too, and I say this when I when I meet new people that I work with, and we think there's an opportunity for us to work together in some capacity. I go through my goals and I ask them to go through their goals. What are your What are your KPIs? What are your goals? If we have alignment, if we believe our goals support each other's goals or priorities support each other's priorities, then we decide to work together and we find out how we can boost each other's performance. Same approach when you're working with the sales organization, sitting down, understanding what they're trying to accomplish, understanding what you're trying to accomplish because marketing does have unique goals as well, right? We have priorities and goals that sometimes don't align perfectly to sales goals and priorities. So we're all ultimately want to drive biz- bottom line business value revenue, right? That That's agreed, but how we get there sometimes looks different. So sitting down, defining what those, those KPIs, those shared priorities or shared KPIs are, and then really double clicking into those to understand where the value is, where marketing can add value, where sales is adding value, where there might be gaps that we can address through customer experience or maybe full funnel marketing programs that don't necessarily stop at MQL, like you were saying, like qualified lead. The old the old idea that marketing is throwing leads over the wall to sales, like that's one thing that just need, really needs to go away. There's no longer a wall. There cannot be a wall anymore. Re- and the only way you really break the wall is you, you align. You just you just agree on what your priorities are going to be collectively. And I may still have two priorities that sales and, and I do not agree on. Like, do, we, we do not have um, 
alignment on two of my priorities and they may have a few priorities that they're just going to run because they're they're quick hit sales priorities uh, call blitzes things like that that they could just go tackle and they don't need a marketing uh, marketing engine supporting it Th those are perfectly fine those should exist anyway where you find the value is really getting to the one or two priorities that you can share and then building plan a full funnel plan around it and um you know that yeah that's uh, that's how you break down the silo because then what I've seen what I've experienced even at, at SAP we we had weekly pipeline calls with the leadership with the sales leadership and business development leadership and where we were delivering marketing I say we marketing we're delivering leads and those leads were either aging or they were um, being discontinued too quickly or at too high of a rate we would challenge them and they would go investigate and they would understand which sales teams are actually uh, maybe not handling the leads as they should. Maybe there was an operational challenge or something like that. We would really like dissect the problem and they would come back as a partner. They would come back and say, yeah, we've corrected that. And we'd see improvement in marketing accepted leads. Like those, that's the kind of work that needs to happen. Um, and it, it, you know, it takes shared priorities, KPIs, stuff like that. Got it. Got it. So, so maybe if you can move to an execution a little bit, you know, in this, that, so what does that successful workflow look like? You know, in, in your experience, um, what does that workflow look like for pre and post MQL for the sales focused marketing? Pre MQL really is, uh, it is brand to demand is probably the best way to describe it. That's probably a term that, that the audience has heard uh, quite a bit recently is brand drives awareness. They do that through different channels, digital, audio, video, they sponsored podcasts, advertising, uh, out of home, those kinds of things. And then de demand converts that awareness into demand or leads. And that's done through web content syndication, you know, CPL or cost per lead programs, digital display, content programs, and things like that. Pre-MQL is really how do we take awareness from what the brand team or brand organization or brand function, I shouldn't even say organization, the brand, the branding function, how do we take that awareness and how do we convert that to actual consideration and demand? That's pre-MQL. There is a component of that that includes multi-channel nurture. I, and I actually shouldn't, I almost sounded like that was a secondary thought. That is definitely not a secondary yeah. thought. <laughs> multi-channel nurture is an intricate part of making sure that pre-MQL, um, workflow or pre-MQL programs effectively deliver, and I'm going to go back to this phrase again, deliver against the promise of preparing these contacts for a conversation with sales. So, and I'll digress a little and say lead score model becomes a really important part of this, like how, you know, how you, um, the organization recognize and measures like the readiness of a lead or, or a prospect to become a, a formal lead in their Salesforce automation. Um, solution or whatever, and um, that that part of the process of like nurturing and preparing those people is no longer just getting them to um, like score to a certain point in the lead score model so that uh, they reach the threshold and go. We really have to dissect that lead score model to understand what kind of behaviors, what what kind of well that in, in, intent, what kind of implicit behavior, what kind of explicit behavior. Those kinds of things should go into determining are they ready. Frequency and recency is a re another really important thing. If you, if anybody you know listening is 
working on lead score models, frequency and recency is really critical from my standpoint. People can be taking actions. Are they taking a lot of them in a short amount of time? Or if they taking few of them in a long period of time, those things should be a factor as well in their readiness for a conversation with sales. So when the salesperson does get that lead in their in their queue, in in their the, the system, they know that that person is now ready. They've taken certain amount of actions, they've done a certain amount of behaviors in a certain amount of time, and they're ready to kind of move to the next step. So, so that's an important part. That's pre-MQL. So that's preparing them for that, that um, transition from a marketing funnel to a sales funnel. The post-MQL does look quite a bit different. And I would, I would argue that there's some part of the pre-MQL that could be done, um, I'll say effectively to some extent, without pure alignment with sales. Um, because if you're in the business of just wanting to drive MQLs, there's some of, there's that component can be handled independently. I don't recommend it because of the whole idea of Salesforce, sales-focused marketing. There's a, a lot bigger value if you have alignment through all the way through the funnel. But pre-MQL is kind of, I would say, traditional kind of marketing's role. The post-MQL becomes int interesting because a couple of things, there's a dynamic that is changing where we have buying groups now, right? So we have committees and buying groups and we have influencers in a lot of different ways, some within the organization and some outside through communities and social channels and things like that. So you have these this much broader group that you have as a marketer, you have to ensure are aligned to the message and the story that ultimately the sales team is going to be presenting to them. So as that one lead, qualifies into a sales qualified lead and gets accepted by sales and is now being worked, you've prepared them and their buying group, hopefully through other kind of reach programs and things like that. You've, you've reached a broader audience within the account and, and you've prepared that person for a conversation and the sales rep is aligned to that conversation that you're going to be, that they're going to be prepared to talk to. Um, Post-MQL becomes interesting because as a marketer, you have some limited visibility system, systematically in, a, in what conversations are happening with sales. Sometimes there's notes you can dig into in the Salesforce automation system. Sometimes there's um, like uh, account recaps that the sales team might share with broader audiences. You may be able to get some, but, but the real opportunity here is that alignment and um, making sure that when they do when they start the post-MQL process, the conversation that you've started with them through the marketing effort continues through the sales effort. And then any kind of marketing that can be added on to the sales, the post-MQL process is supported by continued marketing messages. And that can be done, typically it's done through, let's get kind of is referred to now as like ABM type of work, but um, small events, um, webinars, uh, executive conferences like CIO summits and things like that. Um, those are those are things that become more of an aligned uh, marketing effort aligned to a sales or account specific goal or priority. So post-MQL looks a lot more like ABM. Pre-MQL looks more like brand to demand marketing kind of um, if you want to separate those two. That's kind of how the, the workflow goes. Now I would say there's a there's a risk in post-MQL, and I, I've presented this risk quite a few times in my own work, um, speaking with leadership and so forth, is 
we we can venture as a marketing team we can venture into the post mql space we can get um, involved in communications that continue as the sales rep or sales team is engaging the the prospect or the customer we can continue in those conversations but if we don't have alignment we we run quite a quite a few kind of major risks one of them is just straight up conflicting with the sales process we're saying we're doing something that's out of line with the sales process we're proposing maybe a demo and the uh, account rep has already discounted the need for a demo with this particular client because maybe they experienced it at a previous company and they, they they don't need another demo that's just one kind of off-the-cuff example that misalignment can cause confusion in the sales process and quite frankly it can put pipeline at risk and that was one of the big things as i started getting comfortable with the this concept of sales focused marketing and working with sales teams in this way like especially post mql a lot of the conversation we had was hey i'm okay if marketing wants to do this but please make sure let's let's align and make sure that we're not putting any pipeline at risk because the last thing i want to do is be at the at the you know 10 yard line and have marketing come over the top maybe knowingly maybe unknowingly and propose maybe a new feature that i wasn't prepared to sell to them at the moment and now i've started my sales process over because now that new feature requires another person to weigh in or something like that and now the sales the sales cycles kind of off. yeah i see i see that i see that so many times this what i call old and train right you start with something and then just things just keep piling oh let's do this as well let's do this as well and then ultimately nothing gets done yes and uh, man, you just don't you, you don't want to be that marketing person who who um, causes a sales a sales cycle to go from you know ninety percent to close to thirty percent to close. That would yeah, be yeah, absolutely. So so in this like where where do you see the future going right with this? If if you talk about you know maybe a little bit you know from the tactics perspective. You know, where's the where's the future going? Where's the puck going? Because there's so much talk about Martech tech, and there are eight thousand companies in it, and you know everybody's doing different things. But from the sales focused marketing perspective, uh, what does the future look like according to you? You know, once you have the alignment, then it comes down to intelligence. In my mind, um, you know, the, again, the the purpose of all of this is to remove the wall. So how do we re remove the wall? We align on our priorities first of all. And then we use data and intelligence to influence what we do, when and where, and what value that brings. So, you know, understanding, again, I go back to this, understanding the, the value chain and understanding where marketing contributes to, contributes value to the chain and where sales contributes value and where that, where we can work together to kind of fill in the gaps. Those are really important. So how do we, how do we do that? What, like, in my mind, there's kind of three big areas. One of them is the data intelligence. The other one is personalization and personalization at scale. So this is this is not your typical, you know, first name, you know, add first name here kind of personalization. This is really monitoring using the data and the intelligence, intent data, behavior data, um, the the systems that you can employ now in, on your own websites and how they they capture and, and understand how people navigate through your website how they engage with um, display programs online and things like that. There's there's just a ton of data available to you. So how do you use that to then personalize the next engagement and do that at scale? So then you have to look at technology to understand machine learning and, and AI 
type of technology to understand how I'm, how am I going to deliver against the promise of your next engagement is going to be personalized based on your last engagement with me or your your last um, visit to my website. You know, within platform, it's it's a little easier. So we all kind of reference you know Amazon or Netflix as being having the you know these amazing engines. That's within platform. The question is, how do you deliver that outside of the platform? How do you deliver it through display programs or through third-party um, native advertising and things like that? Um, and then the last one is uh, dynamic content and the delivery of that dynamic content. So that goes to, you know, how do I take the, the data that I'm using and the intelligence that I'm using to shape my strategy? How do I then repurpose that data to actually influence the content that I should be delivering to them at, at the right time, the right channel, all that good stuff. So that um, it becomes, quite frankly, it becomes a pretty detailed algorithm. So it, again, goes back to that kind of machine learning model and, um, and automating. You have to automate it. You, you could go into your marketing automation system today and you can create little snippets or little copy blocks and you can create some rules that say if somebody matches this segment, then put this copy block in the email instead of that copy block. You can do that, but that's not really what I'm talking about here. I'm actually talking about, quite frankly, the system doing that and doing it not just based on what I pre-code, but what what is known in the in the engine or in the platform to be the most likely thing they would be interested in based on lookalikes, based on other people that fit their profile and, and so forth. So it is it is a machine learning world. That's what I'm really coming down to. It's intelligence, data, and machine learning is really boiling it down. No, absolutely. It's personal I, It has to be personal. Yeah, we, we can geek out on this, I mean, on, on, a, on a total separate topic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I would love to double click on this is what I do, right? I mean, this is my day job, so yeah. I, I can definitely geek out on on that, uh, you know, on that. But uh, and this was fantastic. I think we can we can probably spend next three hours, you know, double clicking on this topic. But uh, I think the the insight which you gave us was was just phenomenal. I'm sure our audience uh, might have some more questions, you know, related to this regarding the sales focused marketing, and if they wanna if they have questions, if they wanna learn more. What's the best way for them to connect with you? I'm on LinkedIn. I uh, actually would love a uh, uh, request to connect on LinkedIn. And if you can put in the notes that you've heard heard Salesforce Focus Marketing, you've heard it on the podcast, that would be awesome. Um, that's the best way. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Awesome. Well, Ryan, thank you so much. Thanks for being part of our show uh, with the limited time. Unfortunately, uh, this is the best we could cover. But uh, thanks again being 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 part of the show. We really look forward to having you, you know, on, in future podcasts and double clicking on some of these topics. Have a great weekend. That sounds awesome. Thank you. Thanks for joining us on this episode of Sunny Side Up. If you like what you heard, please subscribe, rate, and review us and share these insights with your peers.